0: Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder, you can get all our episodes on iTunes or streaming on SoundCloud or Bloomberg.com backslash podcasts. This is episode number 34, and I'm already looking forward to this episode because for today's What's the Big Deal? We're not talking about utilities or semiconductors. No offense to those listeners who are huge fans of utilities and semiconductors. We're talking about Ultimate Fighting Championship. The mixed martial arts entertainment franchise has agreed to be acquired by talent agency WMEIMG, private equity firms Silver Lake and KKR, and investment firms owned by Michael Dell, yes, of Dell Computer, and his family, uh, and others, for $4 billion. And that's a big, hefty price tag, you might say, and joining us to explain why and who and how UFC Got to be worth four billion dollars is Scott Soshnick, Bloomberg Sports Business Reporter, who broke several stories along the way on the sales process. Scott, welcome to Deal of the Week. Thank you, and I'm already insulted. Uh, why are you insulted? This is podcast number what? 34, and this is the first time, which you're
1: means on. 33
0: people have done this before. Correct. I, think. I know. Yeah, you have a right to be insulted. I wanted to talk semiconductors and the other, but and now I, I apologize it's my turn. on behalf of the world for uh, for not having you on sooner. But right. look. We're going to make up for it here. So, so set the stage for us, Scott. Let's start from ground zero. What is UFC and how does it make money? Well,
1: UFC, for those who haven't seen it, a bunch of guys and gals climb into an octagon. They fight each other into submission. <laughs> really, that's what it is. The- Basically, it's content. That's what UFC is. It doesn't matter. That sounds if-
0: as boring as utilities. And no, stuff not when I led content. with it. It's guys climbing into an yes, octagon I and beating themselves. I
1: Silly. Have you ever been to an event, by the way?
0: I've not been to UFC. Uh,
1: I- I've been to UFC and I've seen MMA live and... I got to say, I kind of prefer the at-home experience on this thing because of views. And they're counting on that because what's the the ultimate scalable opportunity? It's the media, right? Of course, the pro football teams and baseball teams, the owners, they want people to come to their events and they want them to buy hot dogs and merchandise as well. But media is the ultimate scalable. I mean, global is, is what. So it's an ultimate fighting league. Like you said, you have mixed martial artists. Uh, in a sort of centrally controlled league, which is what the old MLS was. You had one ownership structure, single ownership entity, which suppresses salaries, and we'll touch on that later. Um, And you've got a league that has really drawn millennials and created brand names out of people like Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. So you have this bubbling at a time when everyone is thirsting to get people to watch their stuff. And this is one of the conduits for it to happen. So what's the history of
0: UFC's ownership?
1: Well, you had... The Fertittus came in and pretty much rescued this was UFC. A bro- a was two, two brothers. Two, two brothers, yeah. They came in and rescued it. Uh, and they bought it for $2 million. So let's get the base floor of, of what it this was. This was back in
0: 2000-ish? Around us, yeah.
1: yeah. They, they bought it for $2 million. And... What saved it? I mean, it was on its last legs. No joke. It was on its last legs when they created the reality show and they funded it themselves to get this reality show on TV, sort of showing the backstory, the training, what goes into it, the the fighting. And that really grabbed the millennial audience. And that was the catalyst for what people now know as this Uber successful and popularly. Two, two million to four billion. Two million to four billion. I'm wondering what and how it was structured. And we've asked the question, we haven't got an answer yet on what the capital gain structure was on this yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I, I mean, it's almost like buying an apartment building, and one that you were selling it after you've held it since like 1902. Right.
0: Know, and selling it now in Tribeca. <laughs> yes, you've been bumped into a different tax bracket. Um, but there is a parent company called Zufa. 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 Italian for brawl or fighting, whatever
1: you—that's you know, the loose translation. So does Zufa yeah, own more the, than that's, UFC? No, that—that's the Fertitta brothers. It's the, I Fertitta, mean, brothers. That's the Fertitta brothers. They—they they chose to call it Zufa. I mean, Fertitta, Italian for—you you can see the connection. Got it. Uh, yeah, and that's—that's that's what it is. That this is the, this is their bailiwick. And so, why did WME IMG want this? Well, you could see what they were planning if you look back at the previous deals that that came. You had Miss Universe. They bought Miss Universe. They, they from bought Donald Miss Trump. Universe from Donald Trump, and I think Donald Trump like flipped it in like two days. That's right. Uh, we broke that story. Yeah, we did that one. Um, and another story we broke was the uh, the rodeo. They bought, they bought that from ride. professional. Yeah, yeah, PBR, PBR. professional PBR. bull rider. Sorry, Andrew G. spokesman for the unit. <laughs> we'll get it right. Yeah. Uh, but they bought that from Spire Capital, and they are into Live Event Management. They are into media opportunities via digital production, TV. That's what WMEIMG is. Because originally they're a talent agency. Yeah, but there's no money in that. I mean, that's the sexy part of the business. Everybody said, oh, they represent, and not anymore, but they represent, let's say, Roger Federer. Now, that sounds great. It sounds sexy. They also have the, the Fashion Week, the Mercedes Fashion Week here in New York. Sounds great, but. There really isn't a whole lot of money in it. That's the dirty little secret. It's, it's what's known as the front porch. It gets you in. It's sexy. People talk about it. But it's just the front for the things that really make money. And this is one of those things. Now, this is a heavy outlay, as you said, $4 billion. This is not getting in at the ground level. But this is the kind of thing they, th- they think they can sell throughout the world – it's already, as UFC has said, I think it's in 200 plus countries. And I don't know how many languages fill in the gap if you can. And they're counting on that young digital audience, much like esports, something else that we're seeing starting to foment and the value is really
0: starting to pop. They think this is a way they can connect. So so let me make sure I understand this. So they bought professional bull riders. They, You mentioned the New York Fashion Week I believe they live stream shows. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that WMEIMG sort of wants to become an internet ESPN? Sure. Uh, who doesn't? I mean,
1: maybe without the sole focus on one genre. Yeah, I mean... We're right, looking, entertainment Entertainment. Generally. This is entertainment, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think a fashion show is just entertainment, or if you're thinking of sports, this is a mistake a lot of people make. They think of traditional sports anyway, in sort of this civic-minded, different world business. The New York Yankees, let's just say it plainly, they're a Walmart. They are in business to make money. Sure, people go and they root. The best part from the business perspective is that... The customers, fans equal customers, they're addicted to the product. No matter what happens, they keep going back. And that means ticket prices, lockouts, strikes, doesn't seem to matter. Even economic downturns, it's sort of recession-proof sports. And people sort of seek that refuge in entertainment. That's what all of this is. This is just something to aggregate eyeballs. It's a vehicle to aggregate eyeballs, whether it be on traditional TV or... Or whether it be on the internet or on in Twitch, whatever it may be, and then people will figure out how to monetize it from there, or and there, try to
0: figure out. And there's a special synergy with a talent agency wanting to do this, I suppose, because the idea, I would think, is you represent the athletes that are involved in the whatever you're buying, and then you can start to market them. And then, you know, the idea is that the what is the expression the the the, the Something with the tide and boats. The tide rises, all yeah, boats. Rising from, tide, right, yeah, rising tide, right? Rising tide lifts, yeah. all, lifts boats, all boats. That's it. Yes,
1: I didn't know you were going to get technical with like Ari Emanuel's favorite term, synergies, like Patrick Weitzel. And I love the word synergy. The show did. is all about synergy. Yeah, it's, it's a all M&A about a podcast. And, and multi-platform. And yeah, I mean, here's a you here's led a perfect, with content,
0: Scott. I mean, well, no. it
1: is king. They it, say yes. Well, here is the basic premise. I mean, behind, behind it all that let's not forget they acquired WME and I, I acquired IMG from the Teddy Fortsman's two estate, and a half billion dollars. Two and a half billion yep. dollars. And they looked at it and said, okay, now how do we here's another one ready? How do we integrate what we do with what we're acquiring? And here's a perfect example, and albeit a small scale, but it shows. So they bought the PBR. And recently what do they do? So again, having these global distribution streams and PBR being very popular in Brazil, now they have a reality show about the PBR being shown in Brazil. And there's a six-episode series coming up, uh, again, digitally distributed. And, by the way, I guess they happen to find one of these cowboys who happens to have a twinkle in his eye and six-pack abs. So guess what? He's now signed to the IMG Models role. So that's a very small example of how they're looking at these acquisitions. What can we do? How does one feed the other? How can we pros- cross-promote? How can we utilize all the assets in all of our platforms?
0: Do we know anything about UFC's finances? They, they're profitable? They make money? They're, do we know revenue figures? We, we don't. We don't know too much. I mean, I think the latest or the only thing we saw was one of the
1: Fertittas that said something about like $600 million um, in revenue. and But... We don't know specifics because they don't have to tell us anything. Privately owned. Yeah, there's no filings with the SEC on this.
0: Which is interesting because, uh, so WME IMG uh, is also privately owned. uh, And in fact, uh, there have been rumors that perhaps they want to go
1: public, correct? Correct. I have actually spoken with Ari about that very thing.
0: Yes. And what has he told you? It's under
1: consideration. He has to get with Patrick Weitzel, his partner, and decide if it's something they want to do. And step two in that everybody who knows Ari seems to say, like, well, Ari cannot run a public company, which, of course, he just laughed at. You know, he, he says, well, I, I of course I can run a public company. We'll see. If it happens, he's certainly targeting 2017 just due to the economic conditions, the atmosphere right now, not most conducive to an IPO, but there's also some deleveraging to do. At IMG, if they decide they'd like to, uh, it's something that we will see for sure. So
0: some of you listeners probably know who Ari Emanuel is, but just in case you don't, Rahm Emanuel's brother. Ooh, he's not going to like that intro. That's not
1: what he wants. All right, fine. Uh, uh, Ari
0: Gold (laughs) uh, uh, from um, Entourage is modeled after Ari Emanuel. What are the other salient points, I should but say? He
1: likes the Ari Gold on entourage. That, that's number one. Right. He's, he's, a, he's a Hollywood bigwig who uh, certainly has a, a big personality. We'll, we'll leave it at that.
0: Do we know anything about uh, the ownership structure of this deal? In other words, so it's W M E I M G and then it's also Silver Lake and KKR. And well, then Silver
1: Lake owns majority of WME, and they M-E- funded the purchase, yes.
0: So they own the majority now
1: of UFC? Is that fair to say? We would think, yes, that they—we don't know for sure. But we would think that they put up the money and, and would own a majority. And then the,
0: yes. the Michael Dell thing is they also
1: are tied in. They're, with some they're tied in, and the Qatari government had— they own 10%, 10%, 10%. so that'll stay, and Dana White's going to stay. He's got his sliver of ownership. Right, but as UFC like,
0: president th- Dana White. Yeah,
1: th- this is all about control, and WME IMG will have control.
0: Speaking of Dana White— uh, this was a little bizarre in the way that this was reported. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. So Dana White denied that UFC was for sale, even though we had reported it extensively. Other outlets had. Everybody knew it was everyone being knew it was shopped. Everybody knew
1: it was being shopped.
0: Uh, any idea why he just no. outright denied it? No. You know, I'm uh, an M&A reporter. I don't really remember someone being so fervently public about saying something that was not true when everyone yeah, knew it was lying. Although, when he came out
1: most ardently in the, in the Las Vegas Review Journal, I believe. He was responding to a report. Now this isn't to castigate anybody else, but much of the information in that report was, was incorrect, incorrect. Was
0: incorrect, yeah. right?
1: So, did he overreach by saying we're not for sale? Yes. If he wanted to shoot down bits and pieces, fine. But many people who were named in that report, they emailed me right away saying this is malarkey. Right, I remember, I remember. We're being, not involved. Uh, and like Blackstone, I was part of that, yeah, right. Blackstone yeah. being one of them. I may mean, I got an email from someone at Blackstone saying one hundred percent categorically untrue so that that may have been one reason for the knee jerk and i'll look past just from a media strategy point of view for this to come out the way it did i thought was bizarre also it's almost as if ufc didn't want publicity they they wanted this to come quietly which of course is never going to happen in a four billion dollar deal with people involved who they were but this 12 like right after midnight it's just not the way to maximize attention i'll put it that way
0: UFC even threatened to sue this outlet, I think it was called Flow Combat, yeah. which incorrectly stated UFC had accepted a $4.2 billion offer from IMG, Wanda, Dalian Wanda, Chinese Every group, Chinese
1: company was rumored to right, be involved in this, cent. by the way. Ten
0: and yeah, Wanda, everybody was involved. Of course, it turned out the price tag was pretty close to right, and WME IMG was the eventual buyer. So again, it seems like a really overly aggressive way of combating something that, yeah, maybe at the time wasn't quite right, but like... You know, they seem to be on to something. If I
1: was going to be putting some words together that I could marry to Dana White, overly and aggressive, (laughs) not only for his business but for his personality, I think that those are two that would work well for me. Overly aggressive Dana White, yes, which is par for the course. So
0: so do we know, were there actual other—I mean, you follow this pretty closely, Scott. Were there other real interested suitors for for UFC? There
1: there were. There were. But the sense we had from the get-go— was everybody watched WmeIMG uh, from the get-go it was till they were most interested they were pushing hardest their number was the highest blah 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 so who they brought in as financial support probably took some time I'm told brexit was a through a little financing complication in there as well so that's one reason perhaps it could have taken a little longer than th- they wanted. But uh, once they had the financing in order, it, se- it seemed all along that WME IMG was going to be at least a significant player in all this.
0: So what's the future of UFC? The, 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 how should we expect UFC to grow beyond what it is today? Well, you certainly
1: expect their, their stars, uh, McGregor and Rousey. In sort of what we talked about earlier, I expect them to see on fashion Lesner. runways right. Brock Lesnar. He was kind of rented from WWE. Let's see if he stays or if he chooses to stay. Um, look for big-time international promotion. That That's what I would expect. One caveat, though, is there's always this festering, let's say, divide between the league—and we'll call UFC a league for lack of a better term—and the athletes— They don't feel as if they're paid enough. There is a lawsuit that had been filed two years ago that says we don't get our fair stake. You have Conor McGregor, who is arguably the biggest face of the sport, was denied participation into arguably the biggest event, UFC 200, because he would not agree to promote the way the league wanted him to promote. Then you have Ronda Rousey. like You have this star that's created— And underpinning all of it for athletes is success. You have to win. Well, Ronda Rousey lost, and she hasn't fought since. And then the woman that beat her, Holly Holm, she wanted to fight again, but UFC didn't want her to. They wanted a rematch with Ronda Rousey for the big-time ratings. And then she fought and lost. So if there's really no consistent winner, it's going to be tough to develop these stars. I mean, like it or not, domination— Look at Michael Jordan's Bulls. They dominated the league, but Michael was an icon.
0: They could sure use somebody like that to draw the focus and the attention. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I, you could argue UFC is more popular than boxing these days. I mean, I would imagine that probably bears out in the oh, absolutely ratings numbers. Yeah, absolutely, I think it has two. UFC has like two hundred and sixty million. Uh, uh, I don't know was it viewers I don't know what the the numbers yeah, are Yeah and
1: they're exactly. in, they're in plenty of households around the world and but let's not forget it was also recently made legal in New York so that was a hurdle they had to overcome. Uh yeah, there there are there are certainly obstacles. And I I would look at the relationship between the athletes and the league right now as
0: the biggest obstacle that they need to overcome. Because, one of the, I, I suppose one of the things that can hurt a league that is set up like this uh, it's simply sort of the lack of teams. I mean you can you can figure out that, you know, when you're in a when you're uh you know, our our uh uh MA intern, Lexi Nall, was running some numbers for me to try to get us a, a way of valuing UFC. You know, that if you add up all the teams in the NFL, they're worth about sixty two, sixty three billion dollars. The UFC sold for four billion. The NHL it's closer to like fifteen billion. But there's there's a uh there's a dance that goes on in these sort of leagues where you know the MLS you've got five teams more than 150 million or so you mentioned the MLS earlier which was a which was a a, a better um proxy perhaps for the UFC when it was the sole Central league, centrally, centrally league. Controlled, controlled league, league. Yeah. right you don't have that sort of dance between player and team and league and collective bargaining agreement. In the UFC, it's a, I think what you're describing to some degree is a fascist regime. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm getting at in that
1: you will, my guess is, soon see. I mean, they have a bargaining representative body for the athletes. But what happens when they say, hmm... They just sold this thing for $4 billion. You can't tell us the money isn't there anymore. Once the athletes really recognize what's out there and their value and their contribution to it, what happens when they call Jeff Kessler, who, represents, who has represented the NFL? He's Tom Brady, the NBA. What happens when you have Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor decide to have a little cup of coffee and say, why don't we bring in our friends, the ones who fill in the fight cards, and say— you know, we do have this antitrust lawyer out there, and wouldn't it be great if he was working for us and he could lead our representative body and negotiate against ownership? And by the way, as the stars, we are obviously the draw. So we have to come up with some formula where we get paid more than everybody else. You just get a feeling that like this is certainly on the horizon. We're on that
0: road. Last question. Any chance this paves the way – for other sales, I mean, the thing that comes to mind maybe is WWE, which was up greatly on the news that this was going to be a $4 billion sales. Several, you know, almost 5%. A WWE, publicly traded company, market cap of $1.6 seems to me like, you know, maybe a WME would be a logical home for that business. What do, that what do we it.
1: see on, on UFC? becoming becomes like 16 times earnings? That ballpark? I think a little longer road for WWE, but they've built the entire platform on media. Yeah, great deal with USA network exclusivity. Uh the WWE network. Over the top. It, over online. the top, online, digital offerings, global audience. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of thing that somebody, you know they're already tires being kicked. Does it make sense for somebody? Will the number be four? I don't know. But certainly, yeah, I I don't think it's a, a stretch. To say that other entertainment sports properties that reach millennials, distributed via digital
0: stream, are going to get attention. Bloomberg Sports Reporter Scott Soshnick. You can find him on Twitter, at Soshnick. Thanks for joining us. You got it. So that's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals real time. And until then, find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com as well as on iTunes, Google Play, or any app you use to listen to podcasts. And please take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. See you next week. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports
1: is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names
0: together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Plus. Brought to you by SHRM, a better workplace, a better world.